Blog Talk Radio. Baby, you understand me now. If sometimes you see that I'm mad, don't you know no one alive can always be an angel? When everything goes wrong, you see some bad. But I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. You know, sometimes, baby, I'm so carefree. With a joy that's hard to hide And then sometimes again it seems that all I have is worry And then you're bound to see my other side But I'm just a soul's intentions Oh Lord, please don't let me be I never mean to take it out on you. Life has problems, and I get more than my share. But that's one thing I never mean to do, cause I love you. Oh, baby, I'm just human. Don't you know I have faults like anyone? Sometimes I find myself alone regretting some little foolish thing, some simple thing that I have done. Cause I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Don't let me be misunderstood. I try so hard, so please don't let me be misunderstood. Maya Hotep, Grand Rising, Better Love. You are listening to the Truth to Power show. I'm Beverly, and we have Myron Rice back with us again. And so he's going to uh, tell us the laws and, and talk about how to take you to the next level. Um, Mr. Rice, how are you doing this evening? Okay. Am I being heard? Yes, you are. All right. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Today? Great. All right. Beautiful. Um, I wanted to actually have this more as a uh, question and answering session. We Two weeks ago, we were talking about how to get off the radar, how to keep paying any taxes or bills by resigning uh, as being an agent in uh, Michigan. I'm from Michigan, so I use Michigan uh, laws. You can find them in your state. Uh, Michigan law is MCL 
450.1243. Resignation of an agent. Um, you just have to write a letter to the, and I send it to the Secretary of State, and you can make copies, CC it to the governor if you want. But the Secretary of State keeps all the records. You know how we know secretaries know more than the bosses do. She knows who, who, where all the skeletons are being laid. So writing a letter, getting out the system, and understand you're just resigning as being an agent. You are always a beneficiary. You will not lose any benefits. Matter of fact, if you are terminating agreement under 20, Title 20, CFR 404.1905, 20 CFR 404.1905, when you resign, you still maintain the benefits. It's called terminating an agreement. Now, the majority of contracts, what we call contracts, are not contracts because they only have our signature. One signature is an agreement. So all the agreements that you have been signing will be considered a, um, you know, if when terminated, you are to retain, it says, the benefits that you had before you terminated it. So I just gave you why you can resign, Michigan Law, and also gave you why you will maintain whatever it is you had prior to your termination. You know, how you would collect your Social Security or or some kind of benefits because you hurt yourself, whatever, whether you quit or not. If you quit, you will maintain it. So I was wondering, again, if people were to come in, because I know they may want to do research, what we talked about two weeks ago, and bring forth any questions and answers of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, to come on this call, and they'll give you the number to call before we move on to the next subject matter. So... Beverly, why don't you uh, give, us, give them the information to call in. If they were here last week, then they probably might be here this week. Okay, the number to call in is 323-164, oh, wait a minute, 323-642-1586. That's 323-642-1586. One five eight six and push the number one, and uh, I'll see your hand raised. You have a question or a comment, and so we uh, talk. We need to talk for a minute or two to give the people a chance to get in. Okay. And uh, again, what we're doing, I'm, I'm trying to give you a hint of something I've done and how it has affected me, the IRS. They sent me letters back in 2015 with the all-cap name and the social. And I just, well, I back then I was sending the letters back on a stamp. I got this stamp that I made. I got this to somebody who said I owe something. And it says, refuse rejected for cause. And it says, a person... Resign. Oh, I can't hardly read it here. 
person resign. Oh, let me stamp it so I can see it. I'm trying to read the stamp and I can't read the stamp. Hmm. But anyway, this person resigned, uh, and this was back in um, 2014, and that I put it in a newspaper uh, on in 2017. I put it in the paper and got a, a letter of uh, an affidavit of publication, which says was telling me that uh, no one rebuttaled what I put in newspaper as far as my resignation is concerned. So those are uh, action you do. You you resign and you also put it in the the uh, newspaper to get the power of the press as your backup of what you've done. So and we're not giving them permission to resign. resign. Please understand, folks, you can quit any job anytime you want to quit. It's not required. They give 30 days. They have 30 days to find someone to replace you, which is kind of difficult because I wish somebody would force forge my signature on any document. Um, after 30 days, you're gone. You're automatically out the system. So my assumption, uh, uh, and I know Illinois have laws that if there is no resident agent, then normally it goes to the Secretary of State. So if there is a tax bill from the IRS, it would go to the Secretary of State, who's now acting as the agent. And guess who the Secretary of State go to? They would probably have to go to the state treasurer. Oh, Mr. Rice owes, you know, $150,000. I need you to take it from his uh, account at the state treasurer we have you all have an account at the state treasurer michigan law if you want to look it up michigan law mcl 333.2892 mcl for michigan compiled law 333.2892 where the state treasurer sets up you an account and he's going to invest it and anything that the investment makes, he's going to put it into your estate that the money in that account cannot flow over to any general uh, state for whatever the state to use for roads, highways. No, no, no. It rolls over and stays in your account. So you can imagine if you, at my age, 60-some years old, that I have a lot of funds in there. And how many of you actually ask the state treasurer, um, I need a car. I need a house. Here's the estimate that I got. Here is the purchase agreement that I received for the car on what I want. This is the car I want. This is how much I want. Please send me a voucher so I could take it to the dealership and get the car. Or the house is $300,000, please give me a uh, a voucher so I could take it to the mortgage company and purchase me a home. How many of you all done that? I gave you Michigan law. They set up an account at the state level for your expenses. So why are you not asking them 
to give you some funds. So uh, the Michigan uh, law to do that is 333.2892. That is the uh, the law that the state treasurer set up your account okay. when you were born. The, the, uh, under the Social Security Act of 1935, Title V, Section 501-502, the Dep- Department of Commerce gives the state for each newborn person $1.8 million and $1 million every year they are breathing. And this is why they take census, because some people leave the state, new people come into the state. So each breathing person is to get $1.8 million, oh, I'm sorry, $1 million if they just move in, if they're alive. But if they're born, they get $1.8 for any babies born, $1.8. So why are you men out there paying child support? I have the slightest idea. Why are we paying child support when your child is getting a $1 million every year? You volunteering. You're volunteering. I got men in, who tried something in Texas when I told them to register their name. They went to Minnesota, registered their name in Minnesota, and then went into a child support what, conference or some kind of meeting and, and said that my name is registered. Don't use that name. And the boss came in and looked at it and said, hey, his case is Dismiss. He said he should see his the baby's mama's chin hit the ground. I mean, her chin. Like, what the hell he do? What? What? Da, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to pay child support. You didn't sign a name. Your name and signature is your name may be on that birth certificate, but your signature is not on there. You only be paying what you sign for. And the mother, under her married name. She's considered an informant, but they have her maiden name down there as the mother. So that way the child is a bastard. Everyone here is a bastard child because your mother's maiden name was on your birth certificate. Therefore, the state has to take care of bastard children. We're bastards, whether you believe it or not. And under the married name, the mother is an informant. Now, anyone talk to any cops about what's an informant? They are dog the mama out. She's a liar, cheater, backstabber, tattletale, squealer. I'm not trying to insult mothers here. I'm not here to do that. But come on, I'm trying to let you know the truth of who you were when you turn your child over to the state. So why you all got all these responsibilities on the daddy? You actually, and I'm going to tell you something here, fathers, it is against the law for the mother to report you to child support or family, whatever you have, because your information is private. Your name, your address, your social, that is private information. For her to turn you over 
to child support and give them that information, that is a criminal act. That is a criminal act for them to turn you over for child support because they're using your personal information. What's the Fifth Amendment? They are not to take private information and put it in the public without compensating you. They're not compensating you. Matter of fact, they're saying you got to pay. I'm just letting you know what it is. What it is is what it is. So anyway, I'm not here to down anyone. I'm just letting you know the truth here. This is truth to power. (laughs) The truth, you can get power. Yeah, and they they have really hoodwinked us, you know, with the terminology and the language and uh, not telling us stuff. And, I mean, they just did a job on us, but it's up to us to, to correct this. Yeah. I hate to say it, but, you know, you can turn them baby mamas into criminals. They should be going to jail. They don't want to turn in your private information. But see, a lot they of violated lot of, the Fifth Amendment. But a, the, a lot of times, the way the state do it is that uh, you know, especially if you have to get some kind of aid from the state, like and and when you go to get the aid from the state, they automatically want you to give up the daddy's uh, information. No. Yeah. So, but the, again, when they did that, they're causing the parent to be the mother to be criminal. Right. And if the if the state is doing it, the state is doing their job. This is their job. They don't want to have the child, not the mother and father. They come and take the child from you anytime they want to take the child from you. Give your child a shot. Give you, you know, tell them what to do and education and everything. They're in charge of the child, not the parent. You're just a guardian, you know. You're just a near guardian. That's not your child, even though you did all the work. It came out of your body. But you was an informant when the child was born. It's right there on the birth certificate, people. Get your get your birth certificate, get your child birth certificate, and take a look. The maiden name is the mother. The Mary name is the informant, moms, because they need the child to be a bastard. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe this may bring somebody, some folks are scratching their heads. Come on. Call in because I tell you, if no one's going to call, no one's going to answer, I'm not going to be wasting my time with folks. I'm not going to waste my time. If Even if you accept it, at least call in and say, I'm seeing what you're talking about. I have something in my hand that tells me my child, and you you are right or wrong. It doesn't matter what you say. Bring it forth. This is supposed to be a two-way conversation here, not me just saying things, but I need to know that you understand that I'm telling you the truth. I'm giving you the law or the codes. Codes are not really law, but they do set up their way of grabbing money from you. 
They use so their this, code. You go to join. You go to yeah. Go ahead. So no, you giving a person uh, a real insight on you know it starts with that birth certificate. And so you're saying that when you look on the birth certificate and, and they got on there the mother's maiden name and her marriage name, and you saying that when you look at the maiden name uh, on there, uh, what the, what's the informant is the marriage name, right? Correct. The maiden name is making you a bastard child. Wow. You're a bastard child because you're not married with the maiden name. Right. And then and the married so, name makes you informant. And so by with the marriage name, this is you gave your child over to the state. Because you informed yes. them. You you informed them that the child is the best, even if you are married. You know, it doesn't really, the way they set it up, if you're married or you're not married, your, st- your child is a bastard. An informant turns people over. They're squealers. Right. They are traitors. There's something that police officers have that they go to to get information so they can, you know, compensate somebody or find out who did what. They go right. to those informants. But you can't, your mothers turned it over. You turned the child you right over there. to the state. And it tells you right there on the form, informant. And, and we Man, look right over I'm not, that. Yeah. Because we're not understanding what's going on. What's, and that's the whole point. You know, you up there having a baby, you ain't really reading no paperwork. You just trying to. Get this pain out of you. You got a bunch of pain delivering a child. Head coming out, you screaming. You think you're looking to see what you are, what you signing? No, you just want to drop this child. You've been caged for nine months, and you tired. You want your body back. But the state is saying, oh, now we got a, another mouth that we're going to have to feed, but we're going to make money on this mouth. We're going to make some money on this child. And so the daddy has no say-so. Even though the daddy name is on there, uh, they still, they go, they made your child a bastard child. It does, either way it go. Yes. Yeah, because if you don't, the mother and the father probably have the same last name. You know, to be saying, hey, these are my parents. And they they're, do. Not, they're just saying these are just two people. Okay, they broke him up. They, the state separated the mama and the daddy. Because if she's married, she has the uh, husband last name. But I see why that they make her put her uh, maiden name on there so they can split it up like that. Yeah. And if you look at your marriage certificate, it's not between two people. There's a third party in there. This state. You got a third party in that marriage. It's the state. So so the state is there all all along, all the while. The question we need to ask is, 
Why the fathers, why y'all paying child support for a child that's getting a million dollars every year? And and they put oh, gonna throw you in jail. jail. Right. Yeah. We gonna, right. We're going to throw you in jail. Well, what contract did I sign, Mr. State, that won't throw me in jail? What contract did I sign? Look at the birth certificate. Where is my signature? I could type my name any, on any document in the world. It don't mean nothing if it's typed in there or handwritten in there, but where is the signature? That is what counts for a contract. They require a signature. So anyway, we even jump to another subject at hand, but the point is being anyone calling in about last two weeks ago, subject matter about quitting and, and getting rid of them folks, get rid of the state. The state really screwed you over. Get rid of the state as being the middleman for all the bills that come. That is what an agent is, a middleman that gets the bill and admits your job description as an agent in Michigan, MCL 450.1246, MCL 450.1246. That's my job description. And it says when I receive any legal documents, any kind of paperwork, Anything that has that all cap name on it, I am to promptly, again, promptly forward it to the director, manager at his or her last address. I am to promptly forward it to the manager, director at his and her last address. There's nothing in that law saying I'm supposed to pay the bill. Is nothing in there that says pay anything. Now, I was kind of confused when it said at his or her last address till I realized you are an absolute trustee for the trust of, the, of your state. And there's four people in there. It's you, there's the attorney general of your state, the state treasurer, and the Secretary of State, the four of you are absolute trustees, and your jobs are to protect the estate from trespassers. Who is the trespasser? Whoever say you owe money. Whoever comes and say you owe money and you didn't agree to it, you didn't sign for it, those are considered trespassers. And please understand, even if you sign a contract and you don't pay on it in 180 days, the funds that were taken out for that contract is returned back to your estate. It's returned back in your estate. What's the proof of that? Go on your credit report report. Mm-hmm. Look on your credit report And the original collector The original debt lender Is going to have Charge off The original 
collector or original lender will say charge off. Charge is the second half of discharge. Off is the second half of set off. So they are handling it. The original lender is handling it on the public side with the discharge and the private side with the set off. They gave it back. But you got these attorneys and third-party debt collectors and them coming in saying, oh, you still owe. No, you don't. So, question. We bought the debt. Go ahead. So, so you're saying that the original, like I I went to say you go to um, what? A, a, a furniture store and you get you some furniture and then you don't pay it. And and so after how many days you say it? A hundred? Normally, normally it's 180 days. Okay, so after 180 normally. days, uh, I don't, you know, I don't pay it. So they take and they send what back to the state? The money that they had. When I opened up that account to get my furniture, I had to sign. Uh, I had to sign an application or some kind of credit thing. And then they took that to the state. And and that they got the money. Like if I bought $5,000 worth of furniture. So they already got the money from the, or the credit or what, however you want to term it, from the state. Now, if, if I don't pay it, they got to turn it back into the state, back to my account that each, every one of us already have. Yes. And why, why are they going to do that? Why do they have to turn it back in? Because whoever takes money out of your estate has to pay the taxes on it. They don't want to get stuck with the taxes. So they give it back. And, and that's the 180 back. days must be the time limit. Mm. Yeah, they have to give it back. It's it's about a tax issue. Just like your job. Your job has to give you a W-2 at the end of the year. Why? Because they took money out of your estate to pay your salary. You are paying yourself to work. So whoever takes money out of the state, that is called a taxable transaction. All transactions are taxable. So if they don't give it to you, they're trying to transfer the taxes over to you with the W-2. Otherwise, they would have to pay the taxes for a loan. They took money out of your estate. Who filed taxes on it? Your credit report. People, listen, please listen. I'm giving you a hint here. I'm trying to give you a hint. Your credit report has numbers on there that no taxes have been paid on it. So why don't you flip the script and file a 1099-A and a C to cancel it? And the A showing that you were the lender, then that means that the IRS need to go to the people who took the money out. So look at your credit report. They're the majority are third-party debt collectors. 
They wasn't there for the original contract. You never find a a whack ink signature with those third-party debt collectors. But you saying, or they're going to court and getting a default on you because you don't even know when they went to court so that they can screw up your credit report. Well, slap their hands. Give them a spanking. Since you are acting like the original lender, then you need to give me a 1099 OID because I'm reporting you to the IRS that I was the lender. We always the lender, people, always the lender. But on the paperwork, they they all, on the paperwork that when I just say I went to the furniture store, bought this $5,000 worth of furniture, on that paperwork, it's got on there that they are the lender. And I'm the they buyer. Lied. So they switched they it lied. around. Yeah. But see, again, they saying you're the lender on the paperwork, but who's seeing the paperwork? It's just you seeing the paperwork. Are they telling the IRS that you're the lender? Or are they telling your estate, whoever they got the funds from, out of your estate, are they telling them that they're the lender? No. Uh, they just telling you. No. Okay. They just telling you because you gullible. They telling you. They're not telling the IRS because when you file that 1099A against them on that amount that's on your credit report and you send that in to the IRS, those folks, whoever it is, that third-party debt collector, they have a choice at the top of the form that says void or correct. Two boxes up there to say this is void. This is not true. Or we correcting it. We the real lender. Do you see them? Do you think they're gonna do that? No. How are they gonna do that when they when when they know it came out of your estate? They're not gonna lie to the IRS. Oh, I was the lender. What do you mean you're the lender? You file a 1099-A. You don't see it, but they have to file a 1099-A because acquisition to get funds out of your estate. You don't see it, but that's what they have to do. And their receipt is a 1099-OID. They get a 1099-OID after they file a 1099-A. But it's acquisition. They're acquiring it. Everybody knows in any corporation, any businesses, you have to do an acquisition. And under publication 1212, page 7, nominee, they receive a 1099 OID in their uh, TIN name, tax uh, identification number. It, says, it spells it all out in publication 1212, page 7, nominee. They are the nominee. They took money out of your estate. And now this and is the RIS. The RIS. Yeah. Um, okay. They get that 1099 from whoever, IRS or whoever giving them the money, the, the, the funds. I'm, no, I'm talking about page 12, the publication. That's the RIS publication. Yeah, uh, publication of 1212, page 7. 
They're okay. the not under nominee. They are the nominees, meaning they work for you. They took money from you. They notified you that they took the money from you. But instead of you responding back properly to them, you volunteer to go come out of your pocket and give them whatever they want monthly instead of responding properly. You didn't respond back properly. They said, we took money out of your estate. What do you want us to do? Oh, don't worry about it. I'm giving you, I'm writing you a check. I'm using my debit card. I'm taking money out of my pocket. You volunteering to pay something that you wasn't yours to pay in the first place. All they were saying is, we took this funds out of your estate. What do you want us to do? And because of your public school education and listening to your mom and daddy who didn't know what they were doing, you just repeating what they've been doing throughout the years, you're coming out of your pocket. Oh, I owe, I owe. I, how can you owe what, what initially came from your estate? How can you owe what initially came from your estate in the first place? Don't have money. They don't have any money. They only have the positive money. And, and you are the positives. So how they paying my salary? How they giving me a car? How they giving me a house? How do I get a credit card? It's coming out of your estate. We don't even even know we have an estate. Nobody told us. Yeah, well, if you look under the internal revenue, internal revenue, not internal revenue, uh, uh, internal revenue manual, section 21, and it's 21.7.13.3. Point two, point two, number two, an infant. An infant is defined as a decedent dead, a decedent of an estate. A grantor to a trust. It defines what an infant is. Now, my question to you people is if you are an infant on the day you were born, as an estate, or you was an estate the day you were born. And it's funny, when you die, they call you an estate again. They slap estate on the back. So you was an estate when you were born, and you are an estate when you die. Why can't you exercise being a state while you living? You go to court. Why aren't you going to court? As an estate, that means the judge would be the trustee. And you tell him, pay the bill. If you walk under the estate name, then you don't have to worry about it. As a beneficiary to the estate, you can set things to do. I mean, I quit being an agent. That means I just don't get the bill. But that doesn't mean that. 
I'm still not under the estate as a beneficiary, and I can still tell the trustees what to do. Excuse me, I'm a natural person under the estate, and the state has all the money I need to pay anything out there. Because they set me up with an account the day I was born. Michigan 333.2892. They set me up with an, an account, an estate account when I was born to pay all my expenses through my whole lifetime. So quit crying. Y'all crying about bills that is not yours. It belongs to the United States. Because that's who got turned over. It's the contract. The contract. I don't know if you ever saw the boondocks. And who was that? Little boy? What was that guy, that little boy name in the boondocks? Oh, I don't know. He was know. in charge of the Christmas. So some people might out there know who I'm talking about. And the boondocks, them two little boys. And mm-hmm. one boy, one of them was doing a Christmas play. And he had them give him a contract that he can do anything he want to do. And he got Quincy Jones in there. I mean, this is a high school kid. And he's got Quincy Jones in there, hiring professionals and the school. Like, how are we paying these people? And they kept coming at him. And all he did is put up contract, contract. That's what y'all said I could do. Contract. Executive order. By uh, uh, Roosevelt, 6102, Executive Order 6102. Everybody bring in your goal, and we will take care of all your bills, all your obligation. They call them obligation. We will handle all, not some, not partial, not a little bit, all your obligation, executive order from the president himself, could not be rebutted, could not be changed, contract, we will take care of all your obligations if you turn in your goal, except uh, May the 1st. Turn in your goal May the 1st. I believe the the executive order was April the 1st, 1st of 1933. Go back to 1933. Bring in all your goal, and we would take care of all your obligations or debts by May the 1st. So, therefore, contract. So this is an agreement between the people and the government or the president. Contract says they will pay all your obligations. So why are you fussing? You just need to say the contract is you supposed to take care of it, not me. You're just supposed to get my what? Signature, or I call it autograph allowing you to handle it. I agree with it. Here's my autograph. I agree what you did. Now, take care of it. Discharge it. Set it off. Oh, so my God. If y'all can understand, go ahead. 
So that's how come we can't do nothing without signing something. I mean, everything, we they make you sign it, and that's the purpose of us signing. It gets, it, you have an agreement. By signing it, you did an agreement. So it was I, a contract between we the people at the time and the president with the executive order, 6102. Folks, look it up, please. Is that maybe if I got the number wrong, you know, pull it up on your phone and see if I, is it executive order 6102? Where they require everyone to bring in their goals. Actually, it was directed to the corporation, but the people, it was going so good, the people stopped bringing in theirs too. So, okay. Hmm. This is going better than we expected to go. And um, no I do have. Yeah, I do have a hand raised. Um, Kaya? Hi, Myra. How are you doing? Hi, Beverly. How are you? Hi, how are you doing? Hello. I'm great. I have a question kind of going back to when you first started about the birth certificate. What is the difference? I have a couple of questions actually. What is the difference between a COLB and a BC? Because I noticed that back then maybe they were BCs, but nowadays they're putting the COLB on the COLB on there. The certificate of live birth is the one called the birth record. That's the one that was at the hospital. It's filed at the hospital where you were born. This BC is filed at the state of the uh, vital statistics. Of, is it vital, vital, what is it vital records? Yeah, vital records. Yeah. Vital records at the state level. One is at the county level or the city level or wherever your hospital was located. And that's called a certificate of live birth. That's when you say, hey, I'm alive. You know, this person, and if you look on your birth record, I know mine said, the doctor said, I certified that this child was born alive. Now, Beverly got a birth certificate that doesn't have that statement on it. So she's one of the few people that I do know. I'm sorry, what can I say it again? I see, I see it for both of my children as well. And then what does it mean if you have a state file number on your birth certificate? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, that's, that's oh, where it was. The state file number is really at the hospital. That's the that's where, you know, the hospital has to have a record put in their fit record. So that file number on the right-hand side is normally uh, the record where they filed it at the hospital. Okay. So I'm it may I'm say state on there. Uh, yeah, is it Michigan State on it? It just says state file number, and it got a number on it, but it's from the state of Michigan Department of Public Health. Well, what, what? Let, well let me say, let, let, me, let me correct you, because it depends on what side of the document. One side right. might just say right. file, and that's at the hospital. The state file number, that number there, which is it has a a, a black lead numbers in front of it. Michigan is one two uh-huh. one. Every state has an area code, and then a dash, and the next number is the uh, the year you were born in. 
and dash oh. the two the two digits that the year were born, and then there's a dash, and then there's like uh, six numbers after that, which I believe is the the number in the county that you were born. You know how many people were born in that county? The number that you oh, have when you're born in that county, I believe, those last numbers. But if okay, you don't have it, you just got the area code. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I have I have a I have a state file number and I have like okay, mine's on the right side and then there's another part just say L F and C F. I got the local and whatever number. So I guess we'll talk about that on, on the Skype. Yeah, because it's again, if you just have the first three numbers on there, the area code and you don't have a number after that, they didn't put the year you were born and none of the county then that is your birth record. That is the okay. one that show that you were born in a county or a city or whatever hospital. But when it gets to vital records, it's going to have the area code dash and the year you were born dash and the county, the number in the county you were born in. And that month, I believe, is a month situation. And that is your birth certificate. So that's how you okay. can tell the difference between one or the other. Also, oh. the birth certificate is going to have the state register number, and the birth record is going to have a county or the state, I mean, county or the city register number, a registered name. Uh-huh. Registrar, okay. registrar name, or the state registrar at the state level. Okay. Thank you. My next, my other question was this. So, you know how back in the day, y'all say, you know, well, back in the day, if you had some mail coming through, you want to see if, it, if it's a check or not, if you're going to open the mail or not. So I was just sitting out on my couch one day, and I put I put the lights to my birth certificate or to my children's birth certificate. So I put it on the back of it. It said DocuCheck on there. I said, wow, my said it's a security bond. So does that word mean this is a this is a check? It says DocuCheck. And if you put it to the light, you get the flashlight on, but you got to put it on the back side of it, not on the front side of it. Now, I don't know if anybody will say this, because maybe you're in different counties or, I don't know, cities or state, whatever, but I know my kids say this. Yeah. Mine don't say it. I'm born in Michigan, but my children say it, maybe because they revise it after certain time frames, whatever. Well, I know on the back of my birth certificate, oh, I'm sorry, birth certificate, yeah, it says it's a security. It's on bonded paper. It's a security. And that number on the front with the 121 dash, that's where the, that's the account number for that security. Even though it has a bond number, they're after that other number, that one that 121. If you're in Michigan, I don't know, every state is different. I don't know what state you're yeah. in. I'm but I'm I have those area code. Now, isn't it that the the file number that she has on the left of her uh, birth certificate, like you say, that was that's the hospital in them. You know, that's they now the one on the right, the one two with the area code one two one. Uh, that's when they put the money. That's when they turned it into a security. Is that correct? Yeah, that's where the money, that's the account the money is in. It's not so much the birth, the, 
the uh, bond number at the bottom, but the bond no. is nothing more than insurance that the state is giving. But on I'm the left about, side, you got the one two one in Michigan. Yeah, that's where the money is at, right? That's when that's when they made it into yeah. the one two one number. Yeah. Yeah, one two one and the and you were born. Um, that again. The one two one, the area code and the birth year is where they put the money in. Oh, okay. That's your file number on the right side. It it is just filing it at the at the hospital. Okay. Now, I know you said if the women going down there to child support, what if the man do it? Now, now how would that script be flipped if the man going to take you to court instead of the woman? Did the man give the mother's information out? Yeah. Okay, then. That makes him a criminal. Oh, okay. That if it, so if it applies to the woman, why wouldn't it apply to the man? Okay. Just want to make sure. Talk about it. If you give anyone's private information and they take and put it in the public, it's going to become criminals. Mm-hmm. And one more last question. Last time you um, uh, mentioned a form, I think the form was a, um, a, a Michigan sales use and tax certificate of exemption. Was that for what you were saying, paying your bills with your rent with and your car? Is that for that? No, the the uh, usage. Are you talking about the usage tax at the county where you three three seven two where you don't have to pay property taxes because you're using a home? Are you talking about that? Well, yes, yeah, a form three three seven. You got to use. Yeah, that that is an exemption for using the house. See. The house belongs to the state, and you're using it. You're there. You are using You're like you're a tenant in your own home, but you can be exempt from using it. You don't still own a home, but you get an exempt from using it by filing that 3372 to the, and give it to the assessor's office because they're the one that calculates the taxes. You said the service office? What? Assessor's office. That who does your taxes? Okay. Who estimates your taxes? Oh, okay. Your property taxes. Okay. The assessor in your Thank state. Because you. you're using a home to pay your rent through? You're not what? paying rent. It, it's your property tax form. That's not had nothing to okay. do with rent. That's property taxes. At the end of the year, when you pay rent, are you not giving the landlord money? Yes, right. I'm just trying to make, I want people to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Are you not giving the landlord money? Every month. Okay. Well, then who is the lender and who's the borrower in this case? The lender will be me, right? And then the borrower will be them? Yes, yes. Okay. So you file it a 1099A on them at the end of the year. Oh, okay. that's how you do it. And, all right, got you. And, and she can, and you can get all the what you pay for rent every month. And when you file it, you can get all of that money back on your on your return 
for the whole year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you filed it instead with the right tax person. Say that again. Tax season could be anywhere you want. Tax season could be uh, in quarter, every uh, half a year, every six months, or uh, uh, once a year. It's up to you. However you want to file it, that's that's what you do. You can file it any way you want to file it. 1099A. You're the lender. Is that what you're stating? That I'm the lender and they're the borrower. It's gonna stay that on there, and you put your name where it say the lender, and you put your uh, landlord or the company name where it say the borrower, and you add up how how much you pay for that whole year, and you send that in, and you'll get that back. Okay. How many years can you go back? Three. If you get it on the tax form, if it's okay. a 10, a 1040, 1041 goes back three years. 709, you don't have any time. In, you know, it's a gift tax and it doesn't have a statute of limitation on it. Thank you. And most folks don't know about a 709 if you're in the inner city. I guarantee you. Can you was on your job for all the years you work and get that back too? Or that's a different four, it's a four, five, six, something. You could the same tax form. You you're not supposed to be doing. Only people who supposed to be doing a 1040. It says in it as a individual. I just told you, born as a baby, you are defined as a estate and a trust. So no one should ever be filling out a 1040 unless you are a federal employee. And that's under. Title 31, USC 3124. It starts off saying state and any municipality is exempt from taxation. However, the second part says that you have to have evidence of ownership. If there's evidence of ownership, which would be the federal government, then you have to pay taxes on that. That's who filed taxes on the 1040. So she need to be filing a ten forty one. Everyone does, yes. That's a minimum. And even that's the wrong tax form. Seven oh nine is what you do. Seven oh six if someone dies and there's an estate. Seven oh nine is a gift. You're gifting stuff to them. You're gifting your landlord or your uh I'm sorry, not your landlord, your employer. Your money. I'm giving it to him to pay me. And her landlord. I know some people may not understand. And, and yeah, you're giving it to the landlord, but it's coming out of your pocket, not out of your estate. Oh, okay. So can she do a stuff? She could just do a, a 1041 on that. And she can go back three years. If she uh, do a 709, she can uh, go back however long she want to go back. Yeah, but whatever year you start with, you can move forward. But it's not going to work if you start in the latest year and go back. It don't do that because you got 
The money you made for one year has to be an income for the next following year. So it, it makes the paperwork kind of crazy. If I started in 2022, then I really can't. How are you going to go back in 2021? Because if you made an income in 2021, which you should be with my understanding, with my just uh, telling you how to file your taxes, then how are you going to add it to 2022 when you already filed it? Although we could do them over again, you can file as many times as you want, but it gets kind of complicated when you got to keep going and changing the numbers. So if I go back three years, I start there and then come up to the next year following and then the next year following. So we can go back to uh, 20, 2020, 21, and 22 right now, because we're in 2023. Okay, I do have another caller. Uh, okay, that's good. I'm listening. Uh, Kwame? <laughs> good evening, Bev, and good evening to the, the sister. Good evening. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the birth certificate because the thing that they're having now, what is it, next month, May 3rd, 2023, is Georgia's end for the real ID. Can you speak and up, Kwame? Okay, how can you speak you? up, Kwame? I'm saying the real can ID. Can you speak up? Heard. Can you hear me? Can yeah, you hear me? Now we can. Okay, and the yes. real ID is something that's starting on May 3rd, 2023. And this is the ID that you have to have to travel to fly. But basically, you're going to have on your driver's license either a gold star or a black star. And what has to be submitted is your birth certificate and all of your legal documents in order for that to go into that star as part of your legal ID by Homeland Security. Have you any, I mean, that part of using your birth certificate for the ID, just like it would be, it's going to be like a passport. In order for you to travel in, in country, state to state by plane, you will have to have that real ID. It's their way of creating a passport with your driver's license. I can't, I can't see that happening, Kwame. Because your birth certificate is not an identification, not at all. It's only recording an event that happened the day you were born. That is it. It's not I'm, an ID. I'm, I'm, I'm overstanding that. But what they're doing is, is when you get ready to renew your driver's license, I had to do it. I had to bring my birth certificate, my discharge papers, and all those documents in order for them to renew my license and put that star on, on that. And so when you get ready to renew your driver's license, these are the documents they're now requiring you to have in order for them to issue another driver's license. Okay. Well, I haven't had a driver's license since 2014, so I guess you might be talking to people in the audience. I don't need a license and someone giving you permission. I travel. And my, my, uh, uh, passport is a traveling document. I am not driving. I need permission to drive. I don't need permission to travel. So why are you I'm, carrying I'm, I'm, that driver's license? 
I'm saying this is what they're looking at when you flying TSA. When you have to go through the airport, if you buy a oh. ticket to fly from here to California, yeah. your driver's okay. license now has to have that that real ID. Okay. We have something like that in Michigan to go to Canada. We have some special IDs for our driver's license so, so we can go over to Canada. And But I, if I got my passport, I could still go over to Canada. Are you telling me without a passport, you can't travel in, in California? If you if you if you don't have a passport and you're using your driver's license is your your ID to get you through Homeland Security at an airport. If you don't have the star okay. on your driver's license, you will not be allowed to fly. And this is something new, uh, Myron. They just doing this. I, yeah, but again, it, where does it state that in the Constitution? I'm going by the law. What you're talking about is some kind of code or statutory laws of the corporation. And I don't want to go by the corporation. That's all you're talking about, what the corporations are coming up with. I don't go by them. I go by the, where's the Constitution saying I got to have a star on a driver's license? Where does it say that a driver's license is needed in the Constitution? That's what. That's the way we, we're supposed to be living, people. If you keep going by their rules, all they're doing is collecting more money from you. That's all. There's not. It's not constitutional for you to have a, a driver's license with a star. It's not even constitutional for have a driver's license. Article Confederation Section 4 states that you can travel from one state to another state for free. And it says egress or digress from one state to another state. Article Confederation Section 4 Get a certified copy of it and carry that in your car. Say, excuse me, I'm lawfully traveling. But I'm, I'm, I'm not legal. See, I'm we what, get, I'm, get rid of I'm, that legal stuff. But I'm hearing what you're sharing. But I'm saying if you're flying commercial airline, this is what they're now, Homeland Security is, is created this to say, this is the requirement for you to get board a plane. You need to have this identification. Okay. And I understand what you're saying, but I'm like saying you, you, everyone needs to have a plan B, okay? Plan B is pay $154 and get you a passport. Oh, no. Do you see what passports, they stop issuing passports right now because there's over 500,000 applications coming in, and they put a freeze on passports. And that's new to me. I never heard of that. Yeah, they just did you it because that, what's happening, people are plotting. I'll no. send you, I'll, Bev, I'll, Bev, I'll send it to you, where they put a freeze on the passport, whoever the government that issues passport, they put a freeze because there are too many people and they can't process all of them that's coming through. Yeah, I believe it. I believe that. And then the, the part that you were talking and, about, the F, the FDR goal, it was the gold confiscation. Gold confiscation was what Roosevelt did in 1933. And that was executive order yeah. 2002. And that they said that all gold yeah. would be confiscated in this country. Well, they ask him if you read the law, it says you have to bring it in by May the 1st. 
And if you don't, you get penalized or something. But you have to bring it in, and May the 1st is when that law stays. You read that executive order. But it's a contract. And they say once you bring it in, you'll, get, you'll be getting obligations. That's it. And, then, and the obligations belong to the United States, not to you. So you don't ever owe anything, people. Contract says you don't owe nothing. So thanks for bringing that up. But it, it's, right. at one time, I know in the canon laws, and I don't because they keep changing the canon laws, the birth certificate was called a settlement certificate, and people used to travel with their birth certificate only. They were traveling in the, in the early, I don't know the years, but in the canon laws, it was stating that the birth certificate was a settlement certificate. And people just used to travel but, with that to go from one state to another. But even a freeman, and you had to have manumission papers. In this country, in the time of our captivity, if you were a free person, you had to have what they call manumission papers has to be signed by the state that recognized that you got it from to travel into another state. And that's what they're trying to do to get back. Yeah, I guess they always try to get back to the the legal side of it, legally. But constitutional, this don't mean things that they're doing to us, not constant, wearing a mask. Where where you see that at in the Constitution? Excuse me. You got to get a shot? Excuse me. It says what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Am I happy wearing a mask on my face? Am I happy to get a shot that who knows what's going to happen to me five or six years down the line? Because it started off being what? One shot? Then it's two shots? Now three shots? What's going on? And people don't seem to realize that. When did it? Did they? When did they test those shots with animals to find out what might happen to them? Don't no, normally they always test things using some kind of animal. They never. They never tested these shots they're giving you. They testing it now on us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's too late. They didn't kill. They population control. They didn't kill a whole bunch of folks. I believe already with the shots. Mm-hmm. I was really upset. Uh, Benny Napoleon, remember his his brother had the had the body for six months and got better. Benny Napoleon had it for six days and he died. But remember, yeah. Benny Napoleon said, "I will not evict anyone from their homes as long as this virus is out." And he's the sheriff, for those who don't know. Benny Napoleon was a sheriff here in Detroit, in Michigan, in Detroit. And he's made a point. My, my sheriffs are not going to evict anyone out of their homes while this virus is going on. He got the virus. Six days later, he did. His brother had the virus for, what, six months, six to nine months, and he survived. It's just kind of weird how some things go on with this stupid virus stuff. But I just thought, you know, but they needed to get rid of him because people wanted folks kicked out of their houses when some of them wasn't even work, working. But he said, no, I will not evict anybody 
while this virus is going on. And they killed him off. So, so we again. So, Kwame, you're saying that this new law that they just put into effect, now that you have to have either a, a passport or you got to have this star uh, to even get on a plane to go from state to state. So, if you already okay. have a and passport. And what state are you in? I'm in Georgia. What state? Uh, Georgia? It's across the United States. Uh, Some states were not allowing people that didn't have real ID to enter into their state. Mm. Okay. Okay. And this Uh, this is the one with the star on it, right? Yeah. Right. If you look at your, if you got a new issue driver's license, if you... Looking up in the upper right corner, you're either going to have a yellow star or a black star in, in, the, in the top corner of your driver's license. What's the difference with the colors? I'm not for sure what sure. the difference okay. in color is. I know that the two colors are IDs. All right. I got a, uh, another hand raised. Let's see who's who's this. Uh, three, Thanks, Kwame, for the information. Thank you. Three, Thanks, three, Kwame, six. for the information. You're Thank welcome. You, Greetings. Can Can you hear me, Sister Beth? Yes. yes, we can, Mama AZ. How are you doing? Okay, <laughs> We're not going there today. Uh, okay. Really. Okay. I wanted to say uh, thank us, Brother Kwame, and greetings to your guests. Um, this is Myron. really great, uh, this information. But, Brother Kwame, uh, you're good. You're, you're correct. Uh, I heard that from another source about uh, the passport issue uh, situation, and, and uh, you just confirmed it. And as far as the license are concerned, you're right. I can't get to mine right now, but um, they charged Instead, they charge, what, uh, $15 more here in Arizona. That's what they charge me, and I still got the receipt for getting uh, that star so you can travel or, or getting authorization for you to travel. You, couldn't, you can't travel without that, and, and you are correct. And, again, I'm in the state of Arizona. When I was in the facility last year, that is when I got uh, my license renewed because the transportation people would get me over there to DMV. So I went on ahead and done that before mine uh, collapsed. Because if you, if you let it, you know, and you just let it go and don't do anything about it. You got to go all over again with driving and testing and all of that BS. So yeah, that that's here in the state of Arizona too. Thank do us. Do we do we have that in Michigan, Myron? I don't. I don't, or you don't know. No, you don't know. No. Okay. I, I don't know. Again, okay. I know 
there's a code called the Code of Federal Regulation, which means it comes straight from on the uh, GPO, Government Printing Office, uh, the laws that the people have to see. They have to put it in the GPO before they can even give it to the people to obey. And the CFR is their regulations. And under, again, I told you all, 20 CFR, Code of Federal Regulations, 404.1905, termination of agreement. Termination of agreement. Now, you sign everything. They don't sign nothing. So it's an agreement. Listen to this. Each agreement shall contain provisions for its possible termination. Each agreement shall contain provisions for its possible termination. If an agreement is terminated, entitlements to benefits and coverage acquired by an individual before termination shall be retained. Let me read it again. If an agreement is terminated, entitlements to benefits and coverage acquired by an individual before termination shall be retained. The agreement shall provide for notification of termination to the other party and the effective date of termination. So, again, I terminated my driving license. I use this law. Ain't nobody argue with me or fuss because I'm using a law that says, you tell, but that don't mean I can't, what they call driving, I call it traveling. It don't matter. And I use my passport. I use my, I had an accident. And I use my passport because the officer was trying to get belligerent. Oh, right, you don't have, you don't have a driving license? No. Uh, call in your shift supervisor. Please call your shift supervisor out here at this site, this accident site. He came out, and I said, hey, this man's talking la-la. Your officer's talking la Here's my passport. Look under that eagle. It says it's the, you can't detain that person. You can't touch him. He's untouchable. But they they're Long talking he about has that passport. They're talking about flying in the airplane. It doesn't uh, come on. If I could if I could travel on the ground with a passport, you think they're not gonna let me get on an airplane? Come on, be for real. That's all people have in other countries are passports. They don't have no driving license. I know we can't. You know, you and I can't go. People can't go over into Canada if they don't have that special driver's license. You know, they got some kind of special driver's license to go over to Canada. That's another country that we have right across the bridge here in Detroit. But I use my passport. I don't have no problems. If you don't have no problems, why you want to pay an extra $15? All they're doing is collect that money. The lady said she had to pay an extra $15. That's crazy. Get the pass, and then you got to renew a passport. Is what for ten years? Ten years. How long your driver's license? What three years? How many before you had to renew your driver's license? I think four years or three. Was three or four. No, you can do it because I've got mine is is for ten years. You can once you get this, you can uh, your driver's license are renewed in ten years. 
Oh, they have made the driver's license 10 years? Yeah, you can pay an extra fee, and you, you can get it five years or 10 years, whichever one you choose. See, they want that money. It's nope. about that money. Yeah, it's all about that money. But you know the passport is $154, 10 years renewal. No if and buts, no stars, no nothing. But my passport, it doesn't matter what I put on the application, whether my mom or daddy was a U.S. citizen. It doesn't matter, people. That's just somebody who put some stuff in there to make you pay more money to them on a passport. It says exactly the same thing on the second page. When you open up the book, there's an eagle underneath it. I don't care whether it says citizen slash national. So it doesn't matter with your passport what you are. You feel you cannot be detained. Assembly, may I be heard? Yes. I kind of think. I kind of think, listening to this, that, ma'am, you are correct with them hustling money. Because, Brother Kwame, they didn't tell me that you could go and and pay extra to get extra years. Mine is six years, four. So they didn't they they told you, or you knew this, and you you told them to proceed. Hello? When I went and gave them, when I gave them all the paperwork, they asked me, "Did I want a five year or a ten year?" And I said, "Give me the ten year." Whoa! They didn't ask me none of that. Wow, brother Kwame. Okay, okay. Thank us. I'm, I'm uh-huh. wondering, does it mean state by state or what? Thank us. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me bring Philadelphia in. Uh, Philadelphia, you on the line. Better love, family. How y'all? Better love. Better love. Better, better love. love. Um, so I just want to piggyback off a couple of things. So if you have, I know in Pennsylvania, um, if you have your passport already, it ain't even no point for you to go down there and do all the license stuff because you already have a passport. So I've had my passport for about four years now, so I don't even have to do the real ID thing. They won't even bother me because I have a passport. I might got to tell them I got a passport or whatever, but it is an option. So for the family out there, if you already have a passport, don't even you don't even got to stress yourself out about getting the stars on your real ID. Now, if you don't have a passport, you've got to get the real ID. Um, one of my friends, they're trying to take a trip to uh, Europe for the summer. His passport still isn't here, and he's been waiting for, like, five months. So it's a backlog. So with Brother Kwame just saying that, now i got to tell him they put a halt because people don't know that they put a halt to it. People been waiting and waiting and waiting, and he's not the only person. This girl I know, she's been waiting on her passport longer than what it's supposed to be. So now I know that. Um, I'm loving Sister Myra. Like, I'm loving her. Like, I'm Mister, loving her energy. I'm Mister, loving the information. Sister Myra? Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Myra. Mr. Myra. Oh, Mr. Myra. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no um, problem. I get rid of my debt collectors because they think I'm a woman. So don't worry about it. It works for me. <laughs> I really, truly apologize. Well, um, let me... 
I just oh, I, I apologize I too. I apologize. Oh my God. Oh, I, I know. Don't worry about it. I, I, like I said, I get rid of a lot of them. But the, the question I have is how many? I'm in Detroit, and I could swear you could probably stop. If you got 50 people and you stop them, I guarantee 35 of them won't even have a driver's license. They lift your driver's license so fast, it's ridiculous. No one I know ever lost a passport. But they do lose your driver's license if you don't even pay a parking ticket. You can lose your driver's license too readily easy than you can a passport. And that's something you have to really deal with. But a lot of folks here don't even have driver's license. They get because they somehow they got suspended or they got lifted, whatever. So it, to me, you're gonna run into the same thing. Even if you got it with the star on it, you still got a driver's license, and that means you got to follow their rules and codes. Your passport don't have anything to do with that. How fast you driving? You know, um, you I, I checked. It. You know, made a right. And what they did was in 2005, after 9-11, Homeland Security set this up, the Real ID Act. Yeah. And and you know what? That real, the only thing I see that Real ID Act goes into effect is when you go to court because they don't use your real name in court. Look at the tickets you get. They might have the last comma first and so. They, they don't even identify you properly, and that's where the real idea might come in to be effective when they don't address you the way they're supposed to address you. But the court breaks it up in different things. They don't bring it. They don't use the real ID. They don't even have a real ID. They're not using their name properly. They got the initials or the first and maybe or the last name or whatever. So the the real ID might be beneficial. For some people, but other than that, it might protect you because I can guarantee any court papers you get will not be identifying you the way your ID says. So what you're saying is correct because you won't be able to get into any governmental buildings without a passport or a real ID, and that's a part of it too. Um, You won't be able to go into no courthouses. You won't be able to do anything that has to do with government if you don't have that ID. So that is a part of it too. Yeah, well um I don't go also, in their court. I don't go in their court. See, you don't want to go in their court. Why? Because I'm not the all cap name. I'm not the social. You can only go to court under the all cap name and the social. And I resign. I quit. I go let I quit. So don't be expecting me to walk into your courtroom because you only can identify me with the all cap name and the social. So if I don't have those items, why would I be in their court? Right. So, so like I'm hearing what you're saying, right? And um, like a lot of the young people here in Philly, like everybody is on this, um, this sovereignty wave. I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people is on this sovereignty wave. Um, I got a cousin, he's 21 years old. He talking about I'm riding around in my vessel, I'm a traveler, I'm this, that, the third. And so that movement is there. But what I'm finding is a lot of people is getting in trouble because we don't know 
We know what we hear on YouTube. We know what we hear on Telegram. We know what we hear on TikTok. We know what we hear on Instagram from the different people that's putting information out. But when it comes time for, like, getting pulled over by the police, when it comes time for filling out taxes, nobody has the right information. Like, I'm hearing what you're saying, so I've been filling out the wrong tax forms my whole life. And I've been working since I was 14. So it was like this whole – I'm 35 now, so it's like this whole time I've been filling out the wrong tax forms. This whole time I didn't know that I could be getting money from my landlord. I pay $1,200 a month, every month, on time. I need that back at the end of the year. So what's that form again? What You, you said it's a 705? Uh, no. 709. But too many people don't know how to do that. Form. Yeah, a lot of tax yeah. preparers but don't you, know how to do that. Oh. The nice part about it now is everything. Everything is on a program. So whether you know it or not, you get the program, it'll ask you the questions, and you just fill out the blanks. So what, what, right, what, what you may not know now. I do my own taxes, you know, TurboTax and the different stuff, the different ones online, right? But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what – I need, like, a a, 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 a point bulletin on, like, step. Like, uh, what can I type in to search online if you're going to give that up here um, on air? Um, what can we go to to find this, this information? Because I'm hearing what you're saying, and I'm definitely going to replay this back. But um, is it something I yeah. can if you online? Get that, yes. If you're going to do a 709, Every IRS, every form has instructions. It's a small I and a 709 will give you the instructions for that tax form. So you put a small I, 1040, then you'll get the instructions on that form. Small I and a 1041, you will get the instructions on that form, right from the IRS. You're getting it from the horse's mouth, so you know you're getting the right thing. But the small I in front of the number is instructions of how to fill out the tax form. How to fill out the tax form. Right. If you got so, a question, then you can call the IRS. And wait on live for three hours. Yeah, I was just about to say that, Sister Man. They gonna have you people be listening to elevator music. Um This is this is my well, they, they don't want to give out the truth. I thank you because no, nobody I knew this. Like, I thank uh, you, Sister Bev. I thank you, Brother well, Michael. Like nobody. Wait, wait, wait a minute, like, uh, uh, Philadelphia. If you go to um, what is that that uh, that we uh, we be on Clubhouse? If you go to Clubhouse uh-huh. and you put in uh, W four sandwich. I think they show you on there too how to do the form, the uh, the uh, which form, the A form. They'll show you on there. It's and who else is on the internet that show? Do Eon show them how to do it, Myron? Well, I, I think if you just type in the number in YouTube, you might get a visual of how. You know instructions of the, 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 on how to do it. I, I just say the internet 
It's the biggest college in the world. And anybody can go on the internet. Just type in YouTube, and I'm pretty sure you have several people who will tell you how to fill out that 709. No, I'm talking about. But always. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, for when no, he was talking about his getting his, uh, his rent back for the year, you know, he got to fill it out a certain way. He got to know when to put mark off box five and when not to and things like that. Yeah, like I said, those forms, those 1099 forms only have no more than about four boxes, five boxes that you need to fill out. It ain't a big deal, five boxes. And the, and most so, of them has got numbers in it and account numbers. So you should that ain't no big deal filling out account number. Now I, I assume you are the lender, so you're gonna say you don't know how to fill in your name and whoever you paying your rent to as the as the borrower. I, I don't get it. Well, okay, what now, makes it so difficult? Do he mark off? It's gonna box five in that on the A. Do he mark it off or do he not mark it off? Box five is to determine the difference between abandonment and acquisition. Abandon means somebody didn't file taxes. And you don't know if that is your your landlord filed taxes on the money he's getting from you. So you just say box five. So you check box five. Whoever and it said read box five. Who's liable to pay taxes? That's all box five says. Who's liable to pay taxes? Well, if you the lender only the ball will be the one that has to pay the taxes. You're right. telling him. He the blank. No, he checked that because he he wants, he said, oh, uh, no, yeah, you leave that blank because you're the leader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you so leave that blank. You stuff, want to check box five. Okay, so don't check box five. And all of this stuff that we're talking about right now, it falls under 1099, like the 709 portion that falls under 1099, like that's a section? No. No, the 1099 no. is... Yeah, go ahead, Myron. 1099 is a response. It's just pointing out what it is, what item that you're bringing up. That's all the 1099A. It's just pointing out what item are you bringing to the forefront. Let's say I was talking to you earlier about your credit report. Everybody got these bad right. credit reports. With 1099A and state that this person that put that number on your credit report, which is a 30, third party debt collector, did not pay taxes. So you check box five and you report them to the IRS because I am the lender. He's the borrower, but he took the money out and he didn't pay taxes. You're squealing on these people. Squeal on them. And this third party debt collector. He doesn't even have a wet ink signature that you signed with him. So you really trying to spank him for screwing up your credit when he is not the original credit lender. He's not the lender. And most people who come at you are third-party debt collectors, and you'll see that on a small print on the first page when it says, this is an attempt to collect a debt. When you see that word on there, that sentence in there, you say yappa dabba do. Click your heels like like a, a Fred Flintstones because that means that he is a third party declarant and his attempt is going to fail. So, okay. So, now, 
let's say, just like Sister Bev said, I'm, I'm trying to get furniture, right? I didn't got this living room set. I, I knowingly went in there. I needed the furniture, right? Now, now that I'm trying to kick it back to them, and it might sound crazy. I, I hope it don't sound crazy, but can't they? I think this is where people get scared at because it's like I took, I took it out. Like I wanted the furniture. And now that I'm not paying or I defaulted or whatever happened in my life, now I'm trying to get somebody up. Like, it's like you um, owe them. Right. It's like I owe them. Now I'm trying to. Okay. Let's look at this situation. Let's, Let's take your situation. There's two situations here. One, I went in there and I paid cash for my furniture. I pay cash. You get a receipt. That receipt, you're able to file it on your taxes and get it back. There's a form that you would fill out if you go in there to pay on what you pay cash. That receipt is like gold. You gave Federal Reserve no, they gave you a receipt. And that receipt, it has the name of the company, it has the cashier, and it has the cash register that, that was drawn on that receipt. Second instance is where you took a loan for the furniture. Okay? Well, where did the furniture, where did the loan for the furniture come from? It came from your birth certificate. So it's already paid for. If I go to your bank and I take money out of your bank account, why would I be paying back every month, giving them money every month for something that came out of my birth, my birth certificate in the first place? That uh, is how you getting ripped off. Okay, so basically, all right, and this is true because I was looking for uh, bedroom furniture. So I was trying to get bedroom furniture. So I went on the avenue, went to this furniture store, went in there. Um, it was zero down or whatever, and uh, it was zero down. And then, you know, you get financed through the credit union or, or, or the bank or whatever. Boom. So that bank that was going to finance the bedroom set, you 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 saying that person basically illegally went into my account, my estate money, to give me the loan in the first place? Yes, yes. They have to. They so, don't have that corporation. So they're stealing from. So they're stealing from. Not stealing. You signed that contract. You gave them the power of attorney to get it. You gave me a social security number. You gave them information. You gave them your private information, and they were able to go get it. They couldn't get it if you didn't give them your private information. Right. Okay, so now that we said that, right? Now, I'm yeah. trying to what, now something What they stealing from you. I'm sorry. Yeah, what they did what, what they, what they did is they did not give you the Truth in Lending Act. They didn't tell you that it came from your estate and that you don't have to pay any money every month. That's what they didn't tell you. That's where the crime, the crime is. That's where the fraud is done. They made oh. you pay for something that was already paid for. You paying twice. Oh, so that's where people, okay. Okay, and then that's where people get scared and then pay them or whatever the case might be because we didn't know that they didn't. T- so because they didn't tell us that one little part, 
we're not liable to pay any of it because you wasn't upfront and true from the beginning. Yeah, and and they never gave you a receipt when when they got the car. You know, when they took the money out of your estate, they never gave you a receipt that they took the money out of your estate, which is the next issue we're gonna talk about in a minute about mortgages and stuff. They taking money out of your estate, but you don't have a receipt for it. So that's why when you go to court, you can't prove it. Well, I'm going to show you how you can prove you pay for your house. So I'm going to show you that in a minute. I just want you to go ahead and understand. Everything came from your estate. Every time they say, oh, we're going to give you money for this, we're going to give you money for that, Social Security got kicked up a couple of hundred dollars. They're not doing you no favor. They're getting it from an unlimited amount of money that's in your Social Security. The Social Security is actually a credit card. And it's got an unlimited amount of money in it. That's why they want the Social Security. So it pays for it. So you didn't get a receipt. Not to cut you off, so basically, this is our way of giving reparations. And not to sound funny, but this is this is our way of giving our money. Like, we've been had an unlimited amount of money. That's right. That's what I've been saying. You're wasting time trying to get reparation. This is how you get it. It's your money anyway. Oh, it's my money, and I need it now. I thank you all so much. I'm going to yield back and let you uh, continue, Brother Myron. All right. Go ahead, yeah, Myron. This is, this is a, yeah, and what I want to show you all, because anyone who has a home, anyone who bought a home, they lose in the home because what didn't happen, like I said. First of all, you don't have a receipt. You get, you sign a promissory note of, at closing but they never gave you a receipt that they went and got the money out of your estate. That's something that they did later on. What you have to look at is that the reason they take your home is because anyone who has a house, you go down to the register of deeds and you give them your address and say, where is my signature on the bottom of the page? That's all you have to do. Go to the register of deeds and say, what record is filed that has my signature at the bottom of the page? Because the signature shows who the grantee is. Now, you see a warranty deed in there. It's going to have the grantor, which is the person who sold you the house, the seller. And the seller's broker filed the warranty deed. But what broker did you have as a buyer? What did the broker, your buyer, what did they file for you to show that you were the person who gave the seller the money? The seller had to have the money, otherwise you wouldn't have a house. So you paid somebody money but there's no record of you paying him on the record at the register of deeds on the public side, or I say the legal side. So what we have to do, everyone needs to look up, uh, what is it, Form 9548. 
Write it down, 9548. Let me make sure I got that right. It's called HUD, 9548. HUD, form HUD, H-U-D-9548. That is what HUD is your insurer. They have to insure every contract. HUD or Fannie Mae, one of the two, have to insure the contract. And I said contract. I didn't say agreement. I said contract. What's the difference, Marv? Marv, what's the difference? An agreement only has one signature. An agreement only has one signature at the bottom. A contract has two signatures at the bottom. And I was telling you about the uh, the uh, uh, executive order between the government and the people bringing your goal. That was a contract. So you need to go to HUD. And I understand that you have a copy of it in your closing documents, but nobody looks through the closing documents. There's either the 45, uh, the 95, 48, or I had one person who had a settlement statement, and in parentheses it had hood. Now you could take for settlement statement, or for the ninety-five forty-eight, which I think is a little bit clearer. You will see both signatures: the buyer and the seller. Its signature at the bottom, and the HUD representative signed it. The HUD representative sign it. So that's like a notary. That is your witness that money was passed between two people in a contract. You need to get a copy of that and file it down at the register of deeds because if the buyer, which is the grantee, and the seller, which is the grantor, signature on the bottom page, that is a contract and it's called a homestead contract. Homestead contract. Look it up in black and white. Somebody got to mute themselves. What's the noise? Somebody Someone needs to mute themselves. Oh, 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 I apologize. I, 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 I forgot I wasn't muted. And, I, and oh, my God. This, That's uh, okay. Family, I, I apologize. I have You're a question. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, this is, okay, you said HUD. I wrote it down, uh, HUD-9548. And then did I not hear you say homestead? I'm looking for another pen. Homestead? Because let me ask you, uh, I'm so excited, so I don't know what to do. Uh, there's an elder who is 77, and her son came to help her. And he stayed two weeks. The rule is, is, is two weeks, this HUD housing. And and now she is being put out on the streets because he stayed one day past. But anyway, you're saying HUD. Um, I'm in, in the Homestead. Can, can you say that again? Because I'm going to write it down, the Homestead Act. Well, it's not an act. It's just Homestead is just 
what it is in common law. It does not act. It's not something that the the oh. legal side put that act in there. That means someone created it. Homestead is a contract between two people. You and I just say, hey, I give you my car. You give me a hundred dollars. Is there anyone that can interfere with that contract we just did? No. A contract cannot be interfered. And believe me, you would not got the house in the first place unless all the bills, all the debts on that house are handled. And if they're not, then there's a title company that's supposed to come in and take care of it. If the roof leaks or something like that, then the, mm-hmm. then the title company comes in and, and fixes all of that so that you don't come out because you're supposed to have everything done as a homestead. On the homestead, no one can come in and say you owe anything, not no property taxes, not no nothing. It's a contract between two people. Now, you have land contracts where you do have two people's signatures. What the problem is that these people, after they signed it, they went and registered it in the register of deeds. You put it back into their jurisdiction. You didn't have to, nothing says you must put it down at the register of deeds. There is no requirement saying that it has to be filed at the register of deeds. So if they Mm -hmm. don't see it, then you don't get no bills. That's why you pay property taxes. That's you with the register deeds. Mom, now, go ahead. Yes, sir. Or is that a house? Because you live in an apartment complex, right? I, I li- yes, sir. I live in an apartment complex, but I was I didn't interrupt. I was listening to to learn something. I learned something, even though it's not a house. No, sir. It's in an apartment, and that's the complex uh, where uh, the rules are that you can't have family or anybody more than two weeks. But if you have disabled or disability and that kind of thing, somebody should be able to to help you to stay uh, longer than that. But it's just crazy. And I'm wondering what is the best thing, the best way to approach these kinds of situations under the HUD laws, because this is HUD housing. Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not using HUD as a housing. I'm using HUD as a witness that a contract, and if you look at that 9548, it says sales contract, right on the top, sales contract, property disposition program. So it is a contract between two people, and, and the problem again, the reason they take your house is because there is no record of a grantee. That would be the buyer. There is no record recorded at Register deeds of the buyer. So they come in presuming to be the buyer. They're saying the buyer uh, grantee position is vacant because there's no one in there. So they come in and say they are the grantee. But if I show them a contract showing the grantor and the grantee, then they have no position to come in and take your property. Okay. 
All right. I'm 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 hoping that that was information for uh, somebody who may be chimed in because um, mm, this is deep. Thank you, brother. Come on, yeah. uh, sister. This is really, really deep. Okay, uh, I have a, a, a another question uh, that I need to uh, ask you. Now, Sister Sharon, I, I sit that chair for you so you don't have to be dealing too much. Okay, uh, I have a, a company, my sister's here. Anyway, what I want to ask you, I don't know if this, Oh, geez. I don't know if this will work or not. I'm looking at a piece of land, and I don't know yet if it, if, if you can homestead it there. It's in Miracle Valley. I'm, I don't have all the particulars, but yesterday, the other day, someone mentioned to me uh, there's a, a bill – or where you can go to put in a proposal to make that site a historical site. And do you know anything about that? Um, uh, like a that, um, that's, that's just that's just an exemption. You know, there are exemptions out there where you don't have to pay taxes on it when you make it a church, or you or you make it uh, uh, you use some kind of. Uh, exemption where you don't have to pay for it, but I'm only talking about purchasing a contract, a sale contract, okay. purchasing okay. two people. Now, I'm going to get property, then they got to be a seller and a buyer. Now, once that seller uh, gives the buyer or the buyer gives the seller his money and you sign a contract, two signatures on the bottom of the land, do yes, not ma'am. file it at the register of deeds. Don't file it at all. Okay. Don't file it at all. Because okay. if you file it, you are in their jurisdiction. And there's no requirement. They said, hey, show me the law that I got to file it. I, I'm, we, I got the contract. This is my land. If anyone want to know, if somebody come after, ask you a question, maybe you can give a copy okay. of the book with the contract showing the last page where it shows both signatures, and that is it. Other than that, the land is not to be taxed because they don't know who owns it. Okay. And they can't come in because both positions are taken. Okay. I'm going to have to uh, sign off. But, uh, Sister Bev, let me ask you this. Can I go back and uh, re-listen to this? Because this brother is is throwing it down, and I need to know this. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, okay. About five, five minutes after we off the air, you can go on the page and and listen to it. All right. Now, what is it entitled? Because I tuned in a little late. Well, you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash truth and the number two and the word power. Okie dokie. Uh, all right. Well, if you can, if you could just send it to my number. Okay, I'll send and, it to you. Yes, I'm going to listen to it again. Okay, I'm going to mute and and thank us. Thank us. Okay, thank us. Thank us. All right. And Mm -hmm. I just want to emphasize, is there any questions? Because otherwise I just want to emphasize, people, that the reason they come in and take your property, because they presume in a position because you have it vacant as a grantee. 
That is why people must accept the warranty. The warranty deed has the grantor name at the bottom. So this is why if you already have something filed, you can uh, uh, contract or uh, accept the warranty deed with your signature now on the affidavit on that warranty deed. You put an affidavit on there calling it a grant deed, like the president grant. The warranty deed is their legal stuff. A grant deed is a lawful situation. So you create an affidavit for a grant deed for a homestead status. And you are going to attach that to a certified copy of the warranty deed. Now you got two signatures. One is the grantor, which is the guy who was selling it that's already at the warranty deed. And you, the grantee, and then you have the notary as the witness. So you took care of everything, two signatures and a witness. The notary would be the witness. Now you can go one up more and have it uh, authenticated with the state if you want to do it one more step. But once you've done that, then you go back and refile it down at the register of deeds. So if I come along or anyone come along after that, they will see that there's two signatures on that property, so they can't come in and put and do a make a position or a presumption that there's something that they are not. No one goes to court and argues. You are not the grantee. Somebody you never was... went in there and accept the warranty deed. Okay. So. So I had a question. So go ahead. In, go ahead. In in two thousand three, uh, I was fifteen, right? And my mom, she came to me and she was like, "I need you to get this house in your name." And I knew all the troubles her and my dad was going through. So I'm like, "Nah, like I'm not like, why you want to put it in my name? Ain't all that stuff gonna come on to me?" Now, mind you, I grew up in a six bedroom, three bathroom brownstone, right? Two thousand and four. For my mom, is there a way, because I hear what you're saying, and I hear all the unlawful stuff, is it a way I can go back and get that money, or how can I how can I go into my mother's estate? Because my mom passed away in 2015. So is it a way that I can go back in there and kind of rectify or get there's the up, money there. back? Yeah, there there is one word that you have to put in your affidavit uh, or um, your petition, and it's called fraud. Fraud does not have a statute of limitation. I don't care how long it was. Someone committed fraud on you, and you say as being fraud, then you've got the latest way of coming back and getting whatever it is that you feel you should have because you've proven okay. that there's fraud here. But you got to make sure you have the document showing that she had it in her name. Because if it wasn't in your name, then, uh, I mean, when I said the grantee in her name, then you could show there's fraud. Because somebody took a position that they had no right to take. They wasn't a grantee. Okay, because the house got taken in sheriff's cell, right? Now, um... Yes, and that, right. And whoever sold it took the position as a grantee because it was vacant. 
Your mother never accepted the D. This is exercise throughout the whole United States. This is how they are stealing people's property because they make sure that there is no buyer's broker to file the paperwork properly. Only one for the seller. But no one's looking out for the buyer. The buyer just wants the key to the house. That's it. Give me the key, I'm happy. And then they're going to come and get it because it's not properly filed, recorded correctly. Because even though you may put down, I'm the grantor and the grantee, and that might be down there at the register of deeds. However, you got to transfer. Because now that you're the grantee, now you become the grantor. You flip the script and you sell it to your trust. You sell it to your trust for 21 silver coins. That's read the Seventh Amendment. Anything over $20 has to go to common law court. And they can't go to common law because they are dead. They're corporate, they're corpse. They can't go to common law. So you would sell for 21 silver, and you would have an invoice or receipt showing your signature, showing the name of the trustee of that trust. You don't put the trust name on there. The trust is private. The only thing you are showing is the trustee of the trust. And you're going to show, and then you have a notary witness that 21 coins came from your left hand to your right hand. You know, something, you know, proof that there was money exchanged. You file that down at the register of deeds along with a lease agreement. And the lease is going to have the, what, trustee signature as your landlord. And it's going to be automatically renewed every year. So you're going to have a lease in the house that belongs to you with an unlimited amount of time there unless you're going to decide to kick yourself out the house, but your statement is being automatically renewed every year. And the trust does not file it down at the register of deeds when they have it. It's not filed there. The only thing you're going to file is the receipt showing that it was 21 coins, gold coins or silver coins, and the name of the uh, um, of the, uh, of the trust, the trustee name and your signature. But the trust name is not there. So they don't know who to give the taxes to. Who to mail the taxes to? They mail it to you at the house. You sit in the back saying, excuse me, I I don't own this house. I sold it. And I'm not going to tell you who is the trustee or the trust because I love this house and I'm not going kick, to get kicked out. I find, and you can file it, a non-disclosure. And I can't say who the private trust that bought my house is. I signed a non-disclosure, and I'm not going to get, I don't want to get kicked out. I love this house. So I'm not going to, you got to figure out who the trust is, because I'm not telling you. So they're in a predicament. They don't know who to send the taxes bill to. And they send it to you, you send it right back to them. 
That is how you deal with these people. If you already got a promissory note, you already are want to be, you're already on the legal side, then you have to accept the deed with an affidavit attached to the warranty deed, but you write an affidavit of grant deed for homestead status. You want a homestead status. You had one when you got the key to the house. There were no debts. There were no taxes. There was nothing old when you received the house. But the, the uh, mortgage wavered that homestead status. They wavered it. So you try to get back into something that was done initially when it was with the title company. You're trying to go back to the lawful side, but legally they automatically put you and say that, oh, there is no grantee. So, therefore, we take in the position, the county, when they talk about property taxes, the uh, mortgagee, when they're coming after you because you didn't pay the debt, because you got to understand the house, it's not collateral. It is not collateral. The car is not collateral. The collateral was the promissory note, was the money. The money and the title is two separate issues, people. The money and the title. And read your mortgage under Section 18. If you have a mortgage, a deed of trust, Section 18 states, that you could transfer the title anytime you want and you don't need the lender's permission. Well, wait a minute. If I don't need the lender's permission, then I must be paying on a note. But I don't need the lender's permission to transfer the title. All right. Well, All right. 11.06. Any questions? Well, Any we, questions? We... We have went over time, and uh, we're going to continue this. Myron will come back, and we'll finish uh, this this uh, knowledge here. And I want to thank you, Myron, for your time and in, in, uh, taking the time out to come and join us and give us this information. I, I enjoyed it. Giving it, I don't know if I'm going to do it anymore. I'm kind of okay. ready. I'm really, really, really ready to retire. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, serious. This is stuff I've been, yo, yo, you got recordings of everything I said. I, I really haven't changed the things that I said that we did even doing your show. Remember what we did? Right. I'm you got about 10 years. The same thing thing over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think I'm saying anything that, that, that wasn't been done before. That okay. I haven't already spoke before. If people don't want to listen, then let them go out there and and listen to other people, and hopefully they're getting the truth. But I'm telling you, lawfully, stay off the legal side if you can. Go and look at things lawfully. Because these people, they quit being a government. They're not a government. In 1871, they quit being a government and became corporations the Act of 1871, so they could charge people. Before 1871, they couldn't charge the American folks nothing, nothing. But when they became corporations, it's all about the policies, not about the law, the policies. 
the codes, the statutes, those are not laws. We're supposed to be under those Ten Amendments. Look under the Ten Amendments and see what they're violating under those Ten Amendments and go after them for that. Any okay. questions, folks? No, I think we've it finished. Was, it was nice Thank you, Kwame, and anyone else out there that's listening. I mean, do you know how many people are listening, are listeners out there? No, but I'm quite sure they're out there listening. Okay. All right, Myron, thank you. Uh, okay, I love you folks. Up and better, love, you. better love, everyone. All right. What you want me to do, I'll do. Knowing that I'm making it good, I'll keep on through. Cause I know how to use. Lying here with you, that's the sweet. Oh, baby. I've got something new to show you. I've got something new to show you, girl. I'll make you feel good. Over and over and over and over, baby. Tonight I'm gonna love you all over. Just close your eyes. Baby, call my name. I just want to love you forever. I just want to love you forever, baby. Don't you cry. Don't be ashamed. Lord, I'm going to love what I'm doing, You're going to love what baby. I'm doing, baby. Let me do it to you again. Let me do it to you again, baby. I'll make you feel good over and over. Remember, baby, just like the first time we ever made love. I remember.
a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.